0: Great to see a Purpose Church, so good to be together. Uh, today we're continuing our 2023 series in which we cover 66 books of the Bible in 52 weeks. The title of our series is Jesus on Every Page. Now the section of the Bible that we are in today is what is called the books of poetry and wisdom in the Old Testament. And so we're calling this series within a series, we're calling that God's Playlist. And the title for today's study is Ecclesiastes, Jesus, Our True Hope. Uh, King Solomon, King David's son, who is seen as a picture of Jesus in the Old Testament. He's the the teacher. He's the the one that uh, brings hope out of despair in the book of Ecclesiastes. He's the, the, the man of wisdom. So he's a foreshadowing, a picture of Jesus in 1000 B.C., Uh, He wrote Ecclesiastes around 950 B.C. And by the way, it only takes about 31 minutes to read the book of Ecclesiastes in one sitting. Or you can take uh, five minutes a day and read it this upcoming week. Now, I've got to make a confession to you. I did not like the book of Ecclesiastes when I first encountered it in my early 20s, in my late teens and my early 20s but I fell in love with it in my 40s. Didn't like it in my 20s, fell in love with it uh, in my 40s. It's basically a book about how to get through a midlife crisis. That's basically what it is. It's a, it's a midlife crisis book. And so instead of me buying a sports car and getting a hair transplant and, and blowing up my life, I just read the book of Ecclesiastes throughout my 40s, and it was much less expensive and much less costly than the alternatives. It begins like this. Ecclesiastes 1 verse 1. The words of the teacher, son of David, king in Jerusalem. Meaningless, meaningless, says the teacher. Utterly meaningless. Everything is meaningless. What do people gain from all their labors at which they toil under the sun. Now, Solomon was a very unique guy. Uh, Dr. Ben Carson, um, when he was the secretary of uh, the HUD uh, department, he had been a brain, world-renowned brain surgery surgeon doing all kinds of Uh, cutting-edge surgeries, uh, particularly with regard to children. And uh, he went on to be the secretary of the HUD department. And my daughter, Abby, uh, worked for him there. She was in charge of all the congressional affairs and liaison between the HUD department and uh, the House of Representatives and uh, and the Senate as well, the uh, Congress. And uh, she loved working for Dr. Ben Carson because she said about him Uh, he was always the smartest guy in the room and the nicest guy in the room, isn't isn't that a a great combination. Whenever he walked in the room, he was the smartest guy in the room and he was also the nicest guy in the room. Now Solomon was uh, always uh, the smartest guy in the room, he was the richest guy in the room, he was the most educated guy in the room, he was probably the best-looking guy in the room, and the most powerful guy in the room. He did it all, he built it all, he experienced it all, he learned it all, he enjoyed it all, he tried it all, he spent it all, he achieved it all, and he partied like there was no tomorrow. He partied like there was no tomorrow, and yet he still wasn't satisfied. Uh, By the way, I tried uh, partying like there was no tomorrow, uh, last week at my granddaughter's 13th birthday party but it didn't turn out so well uh, let's watch this together' Woo! <laughs> hey, <baby> ah. Ah. <laughs> break today <laughs> 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 they got to my head. Jason. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. uh-huh, yeah! He was playing Christmas music. Jason. Yeah. <laughs> there you go, clan! Okay, okay, I'm gonna get off now. Oh, yeah. Right so the one laughing so hard in the background uh, that's my wife that would be my wife Kimberly so uh, Solomon did it all he partied hard Uh, he did it all built it all learned it all uh, experienced it all and yet it still didn't satisfy him and so Solomon came to this conclusion two principles uh, from the book of Ecclesiastes number one If there is nothing but nothing under the sun, our only hope must be above it. And number two, if a man who had everything investigated, everything visible, and found nothing of value, then the one thing he needed must have been invisible. And here's the good news he concludes with uh, by the end of the book. Uh, First of all, eternity remains. Even though the stuff of this life fades, eternity remains. Ecclesiastes 3 verse 11. He has made everything beautiful at its time. Uh, When you place your life under the control of God, follow after Jesus Christ, uh, let him write your story. He makes everything beautiful in its time. He also has set eternity in the human heart. There's a reason why the stuff of this life doesn't satisfy you. Because you weren't made for this life. You were made for eternity. And so it's only going to be eternal things that will ultimately satisfy you. So eternity remains. Then he concluded that obedience satisfies. He says at the last chapter of the book, chapter 12 verse 13, now all has been heard Here is the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the duty of all mankind. And so the good news is that even though this life doesn't remain, eternity remains. Uh, Even though this life doesn't satisfy, obedience satisfies. And even though people will not remember you, God remembers you. Last verse of Ecclesiastes goes like this. For God will bring every deed into judgment, including every hidden thing, whether it is good, good, or evil. Now, we tend to uh, emphasize being afraid of uh, the wrong in our life being judged by God. And yes, we should be, and that's why we need Christ. But remember, he's also watching the good. And he's gonna reward, reward that. And even if other people don't thank you, even if other people don't appreciate you, even if other people... Uh, don't remember you, God sees everything you do. Every act of obedience, every following after, every act of service, every act of love, he remembers it, and he's going to reward you for it in the end. Now, probably the most uh, familiar passage in the book of Ecclesiastes uh, for my generation is Ecclesiastes 3, verses 1 through 8. Uh, because the reason it's so uh, well known to our generation is because the number one song in the nation in October 1965 uh, by the Los Angeles rock band, The Birds, uh, they basically just sang uh, these verses, Ecclesiastes 3, verses uh, 1 through 8. There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. and a time to refrain from embracing. You know, let's go back to that for just a moment. Here we have it 3,000 years ago, a uh, prophecy of the COVID (laughs) pandemic. Uh, There is a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. Now verse six, a time to search and a time to give up. Oh my goodness, how many times do I lose my glasses? How many times do I lose my cell phone? there's a time to search, and then there's a time to just give up. A time to keep and a time to throw away. I think Solomon was talking about my closet when he said a time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to mend. A time to be silent and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. Now, here, I'm going to do a little uh, church family talk within my message. Uh, In addition to all the things that Solomon just listed, I would add there's a time to work and there's a time to retire from working. Now, this isn't going to be an announcement of my retirement, okay? So don't be sad or don't get excited either. All right? This is not an announcement about my retirement. Actually, what I want to share with you is a plan for me to continue to be your pastor, uh, to continue to be your pastor for a few more years. Now, I don't want to be that pastor who stays too long. All of my pastor friends that are of retirement age along with me, um, we, we all agree we don't want to be that guy, that guy who stays too long. But our church's leadership has assured me that it would be good for our church (coughs) uh, for me to continue for several more years. It would be a good thing for our church, a healthy thing for our church, for me to continue for several more years uh, if possible. Now, (coughs) I didn't uh, completely trust that because these are my friends and they might be biased uh, in my favor. So at our last congregational meeting, back in February, I asked those who were present to vote on my retirement age. (coughs) I have never heard of a pastor uh, doing that, to have the congregation vote (coughs) on my age of retirement. But we have a special relationship between church and pastor here at Purpose Church, so I wanted to get everyone's input. Now I only gave three options. Uh, 68, 69, or 70. <coughs> um, uh, uh, that's the only three options I gave, 68, 69, or 70. And, and I even joked with them. I said, anything over 70, we'll just count that as 70. Anything under 68, we'll, we'll count as 68. Uh, there's no point in putting down 65 because that ship has already sa- sailed. And the average, voting between 68, 69, 70, the average (coughs) uh, came out to 69.4, 69.4. Now, uh, I'll admit to you, if I were on my own, I would probably retire this fall um, at age 67. I turned 67 in September. That's probably, if I were on my own, when I would have retired. But a year ago, Pastor Greg, our executive pastor, and Pastor Eric, our next-gen pastor, uh, they came to me about a year ago and said, what can we do, Glenn, what can we do to keep you here longer? What what can we do? And so uh, a year ago, they started to share the leadership load and also provided a fresh vision for the future, kind of after the pandemic, kind of... kind of get us growing, get us growing, fresh vision uh, once again. Now, there's a great picture of this in Exodus chapter 17, verses 8 through uh, 13. And I want to read it to you now, because this is kind of a picture of what Pastor Greg and Pastor Eric uh, did for me starting about a year ago, and what they will continue to do for me uh, in the future. It says, the Amalekites came and attacked the Israelites at Rephidim. Tired, um, and that that would be me. Or I think in the original Hebrew it says when Moses developed a cough um, while he was preaching. I think that's what the original Hebrew says. Just kidding. When Moses' hands grew tired, this is so cool. They took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. Aaron and her—that would be Pastor Greg and Pastor Eric, and, and really all of our staff here at Purpose Church. Uh, Aaron and her held his hands up, one on one side, one on the other, so that his hands remained steady until sunset. So Joshua overcame the Amalekite army with the sword. So as it was beneficial for Moses to still be there lifting his hands. It gave the Israelites victory. But when his hands were too tired to hold up anymore, a couple of his others came along with him, Aaron and her, and held the hands up so that they could have victory um, in in the nation of Israel. Now, that's what we've really seen happen uh, just within this past year. Since we've been doing this, um, uh, shared leadership a little bit more, shared vision, since we've been doing this, the church has grown by 22% which in some years would put our church among the top 100 fastest growing churches in the United States. It's just, just crazy for a 153-year-old church to be experiencing that. It's just like unheard of almost. Our giving has grown by 4%. This month, um, just, just in the last week or two, we finished off paying uh, for the $1.8 million worth of renovations we did here in the worship center over and above our regular giving. And then earlier this month, we had possibly the largest on-campus Easter attendance in the 153-year history of our church. Now, here's just one more adjustment that's going to help to keep me going. Uh, on July 2nd, Pastor Eric um, is, will have been our student ministries pastor for 10 years. Which is just crazy because the average high school pastor in America stays a year and a half. Uh, this is, I'm sure, uh, the longest we've ever had somebody in that position in, in the history of our church. So he'll have been here ten years. Um, on May 13th, Pastor Eric is going to graduate with his master's degree of arts and ministry and Christian leadership from Hope University. So what we're going to do is Claire Kalinko, Pastor Claire, uh, she is going to move from being our associate high school pastor to becoming our high school pastor and our student ministries pastor. And I've asked Eric uh, to, along with being one of our teaching pastors and our next-gen pastor, he oversees everything from birth through young adults, I've asked him, in addition to that, to be our associate lead pastor, uh, our associate lead pastor starting July 2nd. Uh, This will enable me uh, to finish strong in my calling here at Purpose Church. And I just praise God for Pastor Eric, for Pastor Claire, and for Pastor Greg uh, for helping me to stay longer at the best job on planet Earth, which is being your lead pastor no place I'd rather be. And uh, this team is helping me to do that. Now, for the remainder of our time, I want us to look at one of the major themes in the book of Ecclesiastes, which is this, life's not fair. Solomon says that under the sun, life is not fair. Now, when he says under the sun, he means from an earthly perspective. That's what he means by under the sun. He says in chapter 3, verse 16, I also noticed that under the sun, there is evil in the courtroom. (coughs) Yes, even the courts of law are are corrupt. Now, uh, here in the United States, we have, I believe, uh, the best justice system in all the world. (coughs) <coughs> but how many of you have ever disagreed with a court's decision? Okay, raise your hand right where you're watching from. How many of you have ever disagreed uh, with a jury's uh, decision? So no system is perfect under the sun. That's basically what um, that's basically what uh, Solomon is saying here. I love um, Senator Fred Thompson, um, the senator from Tennessee. Uh, As a matter of fact, (coughs) um, um, while he was deciding uh, whether to run for president uh, back in, I believe it was 2008, he met with me and about four or five other pastors from here in in Southern California of, of some larger churches, and he met. Uh, with us, uh, I think it was down in Newport Beach or whatever, uh, to discuss his upcoming um, run uh, for the presidency. But before he was a United States senator, he played the Manhattan district attorney in, in the show Law and Order. And uh, in that role, I remember one of the lines he said after a particularly difficult um, outcome from a court case. He said, we've got the worst justice system in all the world except for all the others. (laughs) We've got the worst justice system in all the world, except for all the others. There is no perfect justice system under the sun. Winston Churchill said the same thing about democracy. He said, indeed it has been said that democracy is the worst form of government, except for all those other forms that have been tried from time to time. So democracy's worst form of government, except for all the others, So Solomon uh, looked for justice, and he found injustice. He found that there is no perfect uh, justice system under the sun. In heaven, for eternity, there will be a perfect justice system, but not now under the sun. And then he goes on to state six other reasons why life is unfair. Uh, Number one, because innocent people are oppressed. Ecclesiastes 4, verse one, again I observed, all the oppression that takes place under the sun. I saw the tears of the oppressed with no one to comfort them. The oppressors have great power and their victims are helpless. You know, just this past week, Kimberly and I were talking about the horrors that are going on in, in Sudan. And, and we were saying to each other, it's just so unfair that we got to be born here. And so we don't have to deal with all of that. It's just not fair. Um, Solomon would agree. He says in chapter 5, verses 8 and 9, don't be surprised if you see a poor person being oppressed by the powerful and if justice is being miscarried throughout the land. For every official is under orders from higher up and matters of justice get lost in red tape and bureaucracy. Even the king milks the land, for his own profit. And Solomon's talking about himself. He says, I I, I admit it. Even I am part of of, of injustice within this world. Then another thing he says is that life is unfair because good people die young. Good people die young. Ecclesiastes 7, verse 15. (coughs) I've seen everything in this meaningless life, including the death of good young people and the long life of wicked people. Number three, life is unfair because dishonest people go free. Ecclesiastes 8 verse 11. When a crime is not punished quickly, people feel it is safe to do wrong. Oh my goodness, if that wasn't written for today. This was is, this is written 3,000 years ago. But isn't it applicable today? When a crime is not punished quickly, people feel it's safe to do wrong. Um, uh, Some statistics I have, uh, I don't know exactly how accurate they are. I know it, it changes from time to time. But only one in every 16 rapists spends any time in jail. Nine out of 10 people stealing things get away with it. Four out of ten murders are unsolved. Now, aren't you happy that you joined us online today? (laughs) Pretty depressing stuff. But hang in there. Hang in there, okay? Because there's hope at the end. But let me give you a little bit of perspective, a little bit of oxygen, just so you can hang there with me until the end. Uh, And Solomon gives us to us a hint of where he's going with this in his conclusion in chapter 8, verses 12 and 13. Even though a person sins and gets by with it hundreds of times throughout a long life, I'm still convinced that the good life is reserved for the person who fears God, who lives reverently in his presence, and that the evil person will not experience a, quote, good life. No matter how many days he lives, They all will be as flat and colorless as a shadow because he doesn't fear God. Here's a fourth reason why life's unfair. Good people go unrewarded. Chapter 8, verse 14. And this is not all that is meaningless in our world. In this life, good people are often treated as though they were wicked, and wicked people are often treated as though they were good. And then it's like a a statement of frustration from Solomon. This is so meaningless. This is so frustrating. And then number five, another thing that's unfair is that hard work doesn't always pay off. Most of the time it does, but not always. Ecclesiastes 9 verse 11, I have observed something else under the sun. The fastest runner doesn't always win the race, and the strongest warrior doesn't always win the battle. The wise sometimes go hungry, and the skillful are not necessarily wealthy. And those who are educated don't always lead successful lives. It is all decided by chance, by being in the right place at the right time. Now back to this one here. (coughs) He says, you know, the fastest runner doesn't always win the race. Uh, Other things can come into play, uh, uh, other things that are random, out, out of his control. Like like this, like this. Now, all of you parents who encourage your children to run cross country instead of play football because it was safer. You might want want to think again. And by the way, the runner in that, he was okay. He was just uh, fine. Another thing I got a kick out of, just an aside, is that uh, you know it's a boys race because the guys just kept running. They looked and they kept running. If that had been a girls' cross-country race, I think they all would have stopped and made sure that the runner was okay. I'm just guessing here, but I think there could have been a little bit more concern rather than just looking so bad for you and keep running. Uh, You know, I had the same thing happen to me in high school um, with bees. I was uh, running the two-mile at the College of William & Mary in Williamsburg, Virginia, my senior year in high school, and I was in the lead with a half a mile to go when a swarm of bees went through the crowd and all the people in the, in the, in the stand start running onto the staff, uh, into, uh, onto the track, They were running onto the track, um, knock, knocked me over, knocked me over and I never regained the lead after that. Um, number six, another reason life is unfair is because foolish people are given authority. Ecclesiastes 10 verses five and six there's another evil I've seen under the sun. Kings and rulers make a grave mistake when they give great authority to foolish people and low positions to people of proven worth. How many of you have ever asked, how did that fool get that promotion? (laughs) Uh, How many many of you have a fool for a boss? Uh, Just... Just raise, raise your hand. No, 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 don't do that. Don't do that. Don't, don't raise your hand, especially if you work at Purpose Church. I don't want you raising your hand on that one. Um, how many of you have ever said, how did that foolish person get elected um, to higher office? Well, in a democracy, we're the one who did it uh, by voting for someone or by not voting at all or by not praying for our elected officials. Maybe we could pray foolish people into becoming wise people through the prayers of God's people. And we have a chance to do that this coming uh, Thursday, May 4th, is the National Day of Prayer. And so on that day, uh, whether it's here at our church or whether it's on your own, pray for our elected officials. Even if you didn't vote for some of them, pray for them. And maybe we can pray Uh, those foolish people into being wiser people. Now, let's just wrap it up by talking about how to live under the sun. How should we live? If this is the way it is, this side of heaven, how should we then live? Number one, be aware but not in despair. Be aware but not in despair. Injustice is not the final chapter in our lives. Let me just encourage you with that. Whatever injustice you're going through right now that you're facing, injustice is not the final chapter in our lives. Ecclesiastes 3, 17. I said to myself, in due season, you hang on to the hope of that. Hang on to the hope of that. In in due season, God will judge everyone, both good and bad, for all of their deeds. Number two, be concerned, but still enjoy God's blessings. Now, here comes the biggest surprise, or one of the biggest surprises, in the book of Ecclesiastes. Uh, He says, be concerned about injustice, but it's still okay. It's okay to enjoy your life, uh, even though there's injustice in the world. You know, I want you to know that as your pastor, I worry especially about those in our church family uh, who work in law enforcement or social work or maybe you work with uh, cancer patients or, or I, I worry for our pastors here on our staff like Pastor Tomiko Chacon, fighting human trafficking or Pastor Eric Vasquez uh, who's fighting for the youth of the city of Pomona or Pastor Shamram Rambaran, fighting for the hungry and the loss of the world. And we need to be in prayer for those of our church family who are on the front lines of some really difficult stuff that they're seeing on a regular basis. But here is Solomon's advice, not just for them, but for for all of us. And it's in chapter 8, verse 15. So I recommend having fun. (laughs) What? Where did that come from? Um, Donnie Downer, uh, Sad Solomon, has something happy to say. I recommend having fun because there's nothing better for people in this world than to eat, drink, and enjoy life. That way they will experience some happiness along with all the hard work that God gives them under the sun. God has, has given us some hard work. He's told us fight injustice, uh, be involved in, in the tough areas of life. That's what he's called our church to do. Here in the corner of Holton Gary and, and downtown Pomona, he's called on us to do some hard work. But he said, it's, it's okay to enjoy your life a, 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 along the way. Um, so he says, so I recommend it having fun. It, it it's, it's, it's okay in spite of that injustice that you deal with, it's okay to still find joy in life, not to feel so guilty that you can't enjoy the blessings that God has given to you. And then number three, he says, do good even when injustice wins. Or the way I wished I had phrased this is or even when nobody notices. Do good even when injustice wins and do good even when nobody notices. Chapter nine, verse 13. Here's another bit of wisdom that has impressed me as I've watched the way that our world works. There was a small town with only a few people and a great king came with his army and besieged it. A poor wise man knew how to save the town and so he was rescued. But afterward, no one thought to thank him. No one bothered to thank him. And let me just encourage you, even if other people... Don't appreciate the good that you're doing. God does. He sees. He, see, he sees you and He will reward you in the end. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking right now to those parents that are raising young children. I know how exhausting that is, how hard that is. And He just says, Does anybody care? Nobody really thanks me. Does anybody appreciate? God does. He sees you. He's going to reward you. Some of you dealing with elderly parents, and it's been a real stress for you. God sees you. He, He sees you, and he's going to reward you. Some of you are what we call the sandwich generation, where you have challenges both from your children and with your parents, and you're trying to meet the needs of both. I know it's hard, and you think that nobody notices, no one thanks you, but God sees you, and he will reward you someday. And then number four, be angry, but don't forget your own sin. You know, there's this tendency in our culture today to be so angry, pointing out other people's sin. And, and so angry at other people pointing out their sin and to forget about our own sin. Or to po- point out the injustice of others while ignoring the areas where we are unjust in our dealings with others. Uh, he says in chapter 7, verse 20, not a single person on earth is always good and never sins. Don't eavesdrop on others. You may hear your servant curse you. For you know how often you yourself have cursed others. You know, I found in my life that the things that most irritate me about others are the things that I myself am most guilty of. I often find that to be the case. What bugs me the most about others is what I myself am guilty of. I, I need, we all need a healthy dose of humility. We're pointing at somebody else, there's still three fingers and a thumb pointing back at us. So we need to ask ourselves the question, where have I been unfair and unjust to others in my life and in my dealings with other people? Now here's just a closing word of comfort from the the Solomon who was to come. The imperfect Solomon lived in 1000 BC or 900s BC. The perfect Solomon came 1000 years later And he said these words. Jesus said, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart. Take heart. But take heart. Maybe the whole reason you watched today was to hear those three words from Jesus. But take heart, Jesus says, because I have overcome the world. And then... Paul gives us this challenge that he gave to the Romans two thousand years ago. don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. Lord, I pray for every person uh, that's uh, that's watching and and joining us here on this online community Lord. Even when life's unfair, I pray, I thank you that there is hope in you that it will not always be unfair. That, that that take heart. We can take heart because Jesus has overcome the world and he will overcome it, and there will be justice in the end. Lord, help us to hang on to that hope. And in the meantime, under heaven, this side of heaven, help us to not let evil conquer us. Let it not cause us to despair, but help us to conquer evil by doing good. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.